Welcome to the podcast where Beast Mode meets Manifesting Goddess. We are here to chase our dreams while in a magnetic, high vibrational state. Crushing your goals can feel like self-care. I'm your host, Kayla Van Egdom, and I am so excited to help you slay and thrive. Welcome back to another episode of the Slay and Thrive podcast. I hope you are having an amazing week so far and that you've both been slaying and thriving. And if you haven't been thriving quite as much as you'd like, then this episode is for you. And this one was actually not on the schedule to be recorded right now. As I've mentioned in the past, I have an entire list of episodes I want to get to eventually, but I actually pushed this one to the forefront because it was inspired by two different things that happened within days of each other. And when synchronicities like this happen and when it deeply inspires an episode, I follow my heart and change up the schedule a little bit. I think this episode is going to be a really important one, especially as we are on this journey to both slay and thrive at the same time. My deepest hope is that this episode will serve as a bit of an invitation to evaluate some of the parts in your life that might not be as joyful or as fulfilling as you might like. And then that this also creates the realization that you have the power to both find and choose more joy in every area. And the first thing that happened was a conversation I overheard during my first week at my new job. And I have to start by saying that I am loving the new job so much. It's very active, which I definitely love. I'm getting... 25 to 30,000 steps a day there, which is, it's like almost getting paid to work out. And it's fast paced, which means the days go by really fast. And it just feels like they're really generous with their employees and throw money and benefits at us for all kinds of random things. This new job is at a production company and they must have close to 40 or 50 employees at this new place. I couldn't count if you asked me to. And I went from having only four or five employees that I worked with to having so many. And it's definitely been different. So my other job was amazing as well. It was a great place to work, great environment, great energy. And the other thing was the handful of employees that worked there were all extremely positive and always spoke really highly about the job, which makes sense because it's an excellent job. Now, with having closer to 40 or 50 other people that I work with, there seems to be a bit more variety in the opinions about the new job. And I think this is normal with most production jobs that happened at the last one I worked at too. You have a few people walking around shouting about how much they hate the job and hate the work. What really inspired this episode was actually a conversation I overheard in the lineup waiting to punch out during this first week. It was one of the other coworkers complaining about the job. 
Then they started talking about how, if they went to school for four years to learn to do something they actually liked doing, then by the time they were, were doing it, they would be 35 or 36. Then they'd only be working for another 29 years anyways. And what would be the point in even bothering? I think this probably affected me more because I'm right around that very same age. This just made me so sad for this coworker, because at least to me, 29 years is a long time to be miserable in a job. That's almost three decades. Three decades is over a third of your life. To spend it that unhappy at the place you spend a big part of your time, it just felt like it would be worth it to spend four years of school pursuing something that brought more joy and fulfillment. The second thing that inspired this episode was something I read a few days later. It was a quote by Mark Nepo from the Book of Awakening, and he wrote, finding joy in what you're doing is not an added feature. It is a sign of deep health. This made me think back to that conversation I overheard. I love this quote because I don't believe that joy should ever be optional. Joy isn't something that should just be a bonus, a nice to have. If we aren't experiencing joy on a regular basis, we don't have this deep health, which isn't just about our physical body. It's about the emotional, mental, and spiritual components as well. I wanted to spend some time in this episode talking about both how to find joy and also how to choose joy. I think both are important and they are also connected while they deviate from each other in a few key ways. Finding joy has a lot more to do with your perspective. It has to do with your focus. We are forever creating our realities and our narratives with our thoughts and where our focus goes. Take this job I'm working at, for example. Here's one focus you could have and I imagine one that many of my coworkers have to some degree. Oh, this place is always understaffed. I have so much work to do. I'm on my feet all day. The music they're playing is awful, and I hate all this overtime. If you have that perspective, yeah, you are probably not going to find a lot of joy in the job. But what if you thought, you know, I've been hearing all over the place about everyone being understaffed and missing employees across all these different industries. That must be hard as a manager or an owner. I'm going to step up and do what I can to be an asset to this job because I'm grateful to have a job that supports me and keeps me secure and allows me to keep paying my mortgage and everything else that I love. And I love that I get to stay on my feet all day and work hard. I love that there's always more work to do because it makes the day go by so fast. And the overtime is also amazing because it means creating more financial abundance for myself. It's the same job, 
the same circumstances, but how you choose to see something often determines how much joy you'll experience in the circumstances. Joy is both something you can find by thinking a different way, and it can also be something you can choose. I believe choosing is different in some key ways. You can still choose joy in the perspectives you take, but it can also be a more active process of designing your life to have as much joy and as much fulfillment as possible. I actually like the idea of choosing joy more than finding it because it's more active. When you're finding joy, it's sort of more passive and less intentional. It's like you're just walking through the forest or down the street and find something. You weren't necessarily choosing it. You weren't focusing on it. That's why I called this episode choosing joy rather than finding joy. This episode is going to have some practical strategies for you to work through. If you're like me and do most of your podcast listening while driving or cleaning or going for walks, it'll be really helpful to start to think about the strategies that I've talked about here and then set aside some free time to go through the strategies. And I know that takes more effort and more remembering. I don't know how many podcast episodes I've listened to when they gave some actual work to go through. And I often meant to go back and do the work that they suggested, but then never did. I've done that plenty of times. I get it. I also know that on the rare occasion when I did go back and do the work they suggested, it made a much more profound difference in my life, which is why I'm encouraging you to do this for yourself with everything, with podcasts, with books you're reading, everything. And that's been a habit I've gotten much better at. Instead of just reading a book, I'll actually do the journal prompts or the activities involved. And it takes it from hearing or reading something that makes sense to actually translating it into body, heart, and spirit knowledge as well. This is going to be inspired by an exercise in the book, The Illusion of Money by Kyle Cease. If you're looking for another great read, I would highly recommend it. In this book, he has an exercise called the Average Alignment Score. We're going to substitute alignment with joy for our purposes right now, because I think if you're in alignment with your higher self and your values and all of those things, joy is going to be a natural consequence of that. What you wanna do is write out all the things you do on a regular basis. Everything from doing your workouts, going to work, spending time with family, watching TV, everything. Then you want to rank everything with a joy rating from one to 10. One is basically you'd rather be skinned alive or have your teeth pulled. Zero joy whatsoever where 10 is the most joyful, expansive thing you could possibly think of. Maybe you're up in a cloud with unicorns and dinosaurs, uh, drinking sourpuss and sparkling water with, I don't know, a lot of cool people. That was just (laughs) my random example. That sounds like a lot of fun and completely implausible, but the point stands. 
Then you want to look at that list and use it to get some ideas on how you can cultivate more joy in your life. Maybe you love painting or drawing. It's a nine out of 10, but you only do it every few weeks. Is there some more time you can find for this thing since it scores so high on your list? And honestly, one of the things you can do is start to crowd out those lower joy things that exist on your list. And we probably can't crowd them all out. If cleaning your house is a three out of 10, you probably are still gonna spend some time cleaning your house, but then you can look for ways to make that more joyful as well. For me, watching Netflix was a two out of 10, for example, but I really love reading and I think I scored it an eight out of 10 when I did this for myself. What I did was I actually canceled my Netflix and now I only really watch shows when my boyfriend comes over. So I'm not perfect. Sometimes I still watch movies on this free app that's on my TV, but I've reduced the amount of TV watching I do enough that I have more time for reading and things that ranked a lot higher on my list. Then sometimes there are bigger things you might want to change to create more joy. Take this coworker I overheard hating on his job, but not wanting to spend four years in school. This is the opposite of choosing joy. This is choosing suffering. And it's also choosing to suffer for almost three decades of his life and completely unnecessarily so. One reason this probably stuck out to me so much is because I just chose to leave my own job of six plus years. And it was a job that held a lot of joy for a very long time until it didn't. I probably started really struggling with the disenchantment around maybe April or May. And by the end of August, I was newly employed because I realized that A, I wasn't a prisoner. No one was forcing me to stay there. B, I wasn't doing anyone any favors by staying there when I felt this way. I certainly wasn't doing myself any favors and I certainly over time would stop doing the clients any favors and you know this not having joy in this job wasn't about the clients they were all amazing so I found that I could still effort really hard to be engaged and present while on the floor but that wasn't going to last forever and it was really draining my energy. I also wouldn't end up doing the business any favors, which isn't fair either because um, that's always been a place where I've been very supported and very well taken care of. And the other thing was I was also holding on to a fantastic job that had the potential to make someone else so happy. And C, because work is where I spend a huge chunk of my day, I wanted it to be joyful. So what I want you to start to think about is, do you need to create some big changes in your own life? Coming back to this average alignment exercise I did, I did this back in April or May, and I initially gave work a five out of 10. But I also realized that was too much of a generalization because there are different parts of my job or parts of my old job. So taking people through their workouts and building their workout programs was what scored really low on the joy and alignment scale. 
I realized that this was the part I was truly disenchanted with. I still really enjoyed all the amazing people I got to train, but also I was honestly bored with making small talk and watching people squat all day. I actually gave myself a really hard time for feeling this way for a few months. I honestly wondered if I was just being an ungrateful, spoiled brat because this job had served me so well for so long. But what I've come to believe is that there are two types of boredom. There is, for lack of a better way of putting it, that bratty, spoiled teenager boredom, which I absolutely experience sometimes. So think of a teenager who's complaining about being bored, but not doing anything about it. Or being bored that's almost entitled. And I think um, I listened to a podcast from a life school school and they talked about how we feel entitled to be entertained all the time. So there's that type of boredom. And if that's the case, then it's probably time to take some action or change our thinking, which is what I tried to do first when I started experiencing this disenchantment with my past job. I did the gratitude lists. I tried to like psych myself up. I did all the things and still felt the same way. So I also think that there's a boredom that is more about your soul crying out for something more. But that is going to be another podcast episode in itself. Anyways, when I broke down my job into these smaller components, while the training side of things scored low, the coaching people and the content creation scored very high. This got me thinking about how I could keep the things that brought me joy while also crowding out the things that were no longer bringing me joy. This ultimately led to me choosing a job that gave me more time and space to still create financial abundance while also still having more time for these other things that I love doing so much that felt so joyful and aligned. And since then, I've taken full advantage. I'm podcasting. I'm writing. I am just really enjoying the fresh start that I've created for myself. When you're doing this average joy and alignment exercise for yourself, if it's a big thing like your job or your romantic relationship, you'll probably want to get more granular like I did and break it down into the different pieces of the bigger whole. This can give you a lot more information about where the joy lies and where you're leaking possible joy out of your life by just doing things you don't like couple examples, maybe your romantic relationship, it feels like a six out of 10 because most of the times you guys just watch TV together and don't really talk. And that's kind of like a three, four out of 10 for you. But when you actually take the time to do a date night or go on an adventure or do something out of the box, that becomes like a seven, eight, nine, maybe even a 10. So can you start to build in more of those out of the box adventures? Or even cleaning, for example. Maybe cleaning is a 4 out of 10, but you realize you actually, if you're a freak like me, love washing dishes, but hate dusting and vacuuming. But maybe your partner is totally all about dusting. So maybe you guys can sort of split the task so that you're both feeling as much joy as possible, even while you're cleaning. This is all about getting creative and looking for solutions to bring more of this joy into your life on a regular basis. You might not have to leave the job or the relationship altogether to choose more joy. 
Sometimes it is just about shifting some things around or again, changing your perspective. I definitely made sure to consider my decision very thoroughly before making the choice to leave my job. If you are considering creating more joy in your life and think that a big life change will do that for you, here are a few things to think about first. The first, we're back to our perspective and our focus. And I know I've mentioned it a few times, but it is so important. It makes all the difference. If we're just focusing on the things we hate about the job, that's something we can change first. And by doing this, the lack of joy we might be feeling can often solve itself. The next thing to check on is your own internal conditions. This is another really important thing to think about. I think if we're unhappy and miserable, sometimes we think all we need to do is change jobs or switch relationships or move towns, but this isn't how it works because wherever we go, there we are. And I remember I must've been like 20 or something and I was like in my rock bottom place. And I had this really romantic notion of moving to this random part of Quebec that I'd read about in a book and like learning French and starting over and finding myself. But that wasn't the solution. The solution was me facing myself and working on ways to create more joy in natural ways. So before choosing either of the big life changes that I made over the past two years, I made sure that my head and heart and spirit were all in the right place. I made sure I was already happy and taking great care of myself instead of automatically expecting that being single or changing jobs would do that for me. Did both of those things increase my happiness? Yes, but they also weren't the main thing. A huge part of joy is taking responsibility for our own capacity to create it and then making those intentional decisions about changes from that place. And then finally, Check in to make sure you aren't choosing a permanent change because of temporary situations within your external conditions. For example, maybe your job is incredibly busy or stressful for a few months of the year and you're in the middle of those months and you're really feeling it. But you also know that for the rest of the time, you love the job. So just double check that there aren't some temporary things at play here. Those are a few things to think about if you are considering a big life change, like changing jobs, changing relationships, in order to create more joy. But honestly, before doing that, look at the smaller things. Look at where you're leaking joy from your life. Maybe like me, Netflix isn't really thrilling you and lighting you up with joy, and you wish you spent more time hiking or painting. If you know this is the case, what are some of the ways you can prioritize these on a more regular basis? Maybe you take the plunge and cancel your Netflix account like I did. Honestly, it was such a good life choice and I regret nothing. (laughs) Or maybe you schedule painting sessions or hikes into your calendar and then you want to guard those appointments with yourself as fiercely as you would something like an important doctor's appointment or business meeting. Joy is not an added feature. It's a massive part of being as healthy as possible. 
And it also isn't something we're going to simply stumble upon. It's a choice. It's a discipline we can build with focus and practice. Figure out what brings you the most joy. Figure out what is draining your joy. And then start to work on those micro changes first to cultivate more joy and happiness into your everyday life. And then from this place of increased alignment and happiness, look at what macro changes you might want to make. You deserve all the joy and happiness in the world. And you also have all the power to create and choose it for yourself on a consistent basis.